Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Survivor Now podcast. The content is coming up shortly, but first we got to pay some bills. Okay, we are so excited to tell you guys about this great partnership we now have with our good friend Katie over at Katie Tedesco Art. Since 2015, Katie has been running the original Survivor fan shop where she creates Survivor trading cards, Survivor idol keychains, Big Brother keys, and more. We have been huge fans of hers ever since we started ordering our own items. We're huge fans of the Survivor trading cards. I even got my favorite, John Cochran. You can order them in packs, say an entire season, or you can also order your favorite Survivor Castaways cards in individual packs as well. The items come in a timely manner and are handled with care to make sure you, as a customer, are never disappointed. You can check out all of her cool work over at our Etsy site. The link is in our Instagram bio, so just head on over, let her know Survivor Now sent you, and give her a follow. You can find her on Insta, at Katie Tedesco Art. That's all one word, and that's Katie Tedesco, T-E-D-E-S-C-O, Art. What's up, Seamus? How are you, man? Yo, yo, what's up, guys? How you doing? Seamus! Oh. <laughs> doing good. I, I have to apologize. So at the very beginning, when I was learning the players and the names and everything, we did like this, this podcast reviewing everyone and going off of kind of first look and description and everything. And I think I pronounced your name Seamus because All we're right, so used yeah. to having the H. So it took me a minute. I'm like, it, it is Seamus, right? I want to make sure we're good. 100%. There. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, welcome. Welcome to the show, man. Uh, we just got done talking to your, your closest ally based off what we saw in, in, in Tevin. And man, the game, it flips so fast on you, man. So fast. But I, we love starting on a high note. So we just want to know, what was it like to get that call? and get to play the game a second time. I know for you, it had to be a little sentimental because last time was so hard on you. So what was it like to get that call again? Well, yeah, I mean, it's a mix of emotion. Firstly, you get the call. I see it's Albie phoning me in and, you know, you get a, a sort of inclination as to what it's going to be about. Um, and then obviously the good news came and straight afterwards I was hit with, oh shit, if I say <laughs> yes and go home again first. <laughs> How am I going to live this one through, man? Um, so, yeah, as a, as a wash of emotion, I, I was totally taken aback. Um, you know, I immediately started planning and, and prepping, you know, at least planning to prep. Um, but it was, a, it was a funny time. You know, it was about two days before my birthday in August, which gave me about four months. Uh, and then about a week later, my old man passed away. So it was um, to hear a that. bit of a, a mixed bag for me. Yeah, sorry to, to drop it on you guys. But, um, you know, it gave me a... A lot of motivation, you know, it was twofold for me. It was, you know, redemption from season six. Uh, a lot of it was also, you know, this one's for Pops. So I'm, I'm going to do you proud. I like the, uh, Seamus, yeah. I love the concept that they came up with to give players an opportunity to come back and play again and showcase their skills. Um, I was on this. I just played last year for U.S. Survivor. So I know what that phone call feels like. I was I was over the moon. I felt like I had one survivor already before I even got there. Um, now, 
Once you settled into the fact, did you know that other players, since y'all since y'all talked outside of the game, was also being selected from your season to play again? Well, well, I figured since I was coming back, there'd be, you know, some elements of returning players. But for me, the idea of pre-gaming, you know, it goes against, you know, the purity of the show. You know, it's, mm. it's 20 strangers cast away. Yeah. Uh, so I'm at a point of it, man. I, I wasn't going to make contact with anyone. But I did start looking up all 146 of the previous <laughs> players. I had a couple of ghost accounts on social media. I mean, I knew a lot of intimate details about a lot of the players. Uh, you know, I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. So in, in terms of the prep, I, I took every measure I could. Okay, so you did now, your research. You did your research there. Yeah, fair to say. Yeah. <laughs> a, a bit now, overkill, I think. Yeah, I mean, not just on that side, from, you know, the physical training and getting into the best shape I could be. I knew that someone that would have to go up against other strong players so I needed to be secure in my position that I won't let down the tribe in challenges. Um, also, the longevity, like how long is this body going to last? Can I, you know, sustain, you know, 39 days on, on minimum food? So I did what um, someone called fasting or starvation training and limit myself to food and get used to the feelings of hunger and, you know, still try to be logical. And, you know, uh, while, while you're hungry, still try to be friendly. I mean, we all know when you, we haven't eaten after five, six hours. We get a little bit on edge. We get a little bit, a little bit. Something small can seem seem really big when you haven't eaten or, or slept for that matter. Yeah. Seamus, y'all on the, so we had the first night or the second night we had one crab leg. So we basically found a rock crab and all splits one leg a piece for six people. So yeah. I can understand at what point during the game did you realize I am back in the game of Survivor? When did it first, when you felt it? Not not because, you know, you, the pregame stuff you're preparing for. Yeah, for sure. I, I think a lot of, of the pregaming is visualizing those feelings and, and what it's going to be like, remembering, you know, what it was like and, and seeing if you can draw from those emotions and try to mentally prepare. Um, but as soon as as soon as we uh, take those blindfolds off and we're standing around each other and we're sizing each other up uh, and you see all the, the players that you know, players that you don't, players that you've looked up to. Um, mm, yeah, yeah, it gets real very, very quick for sure. So as you're entering the game, from what we saw, it looked like you formed a pretty close alliance with Tevin. And I also thought it looked like you were kind of close to Dino as well. And we saw that more after Tevin's vote out. Um, so arriving, was that the, your core alliance that you kind of started off the game with? Or was there someone else that maybe we didn't see? Because there's so much that we don't see in the edit and stuff. Sure, sure. So I, I was very cautious uh, in the beginning. Obviously, I've, I've got this shadow over me of, of going out first, and I don't want that to be a, a thematic vote. You know, well, he's gone out first again. Let's do it, you know, just for, on a basis like that. We all know the first vote can be off the tiniest thing. So I wanted to position myself well with someone that I knew would have a lot of influence, uh, someone that knew the game and would understand uh, various moves that were happening in front of us or moves that we could discuss. Uh, and Tevin and Dino both are, are students of the game. Uh, that being said, uh, I was also cautious. Tevin and I were both aware that lining up together wouldn't be, you know, necessarily the smartest move for a long-term play, but it would definitely give us some security right off the bat. And that's that's something I craved. I'm sure you can understand. I, I wanted to feel safe at that first vote. So, yeah, I lined up there quite nicely, Tevin and Dino. Uh, Teresa, I had something going on in the background with her. She's um, always very well insulated, so she's... Uh, not necessarily influential, but she's always in the know with what's going mm -hmm. on. So she plays a very reactive as opposed to proactive game. 
Uh, and I think that boded well for the season and, and will continue to. Now, I, I got to ask you, when you got the idol, that, 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 that idol that basically became the tribe idol, and the opportunity came to play it, and you didn't play it for Pinty when she was on the chopping block, was mm-hmm. that something that was thought out? Or are you just like, no, I'm just going to play it for me this time? Uh, no, it was definitely calculated. I think if you look at the dynamic of the tribe, myself and Tev, we, we bought into this narrative of shared trauma that we all uh, don't want to go home first or mm-hmm. home early. We all want to get post-merge. Uh, so it was a nice theme for us to disappear within the tribe too. You know, all for one, one for all. So when there was a, a unanimous vote, or at least a discussion of a unanimous vote against Tanya, Playing it for Tanya would have been, you know, suicide in terms of my position or hierarchy within the tribe. And then playing it for Pinty would say, you know what, guys, I know I said I was going to go with Tanya, <laughs> but now I'm just going to change it up and throw a spanner in the works. And throwing spanners and, and, and you know, generating uh, sort of an unreliable theme to myself as a player was something I thought would be a little bit short-sighted. Although as a fan, of course, you want to play the idol and create something yeah. epic and get home and there's like, oh, oh, get back to the camp and there's all this drama. Why did you play it for Pinty? I thought we agreed. Um, but yeah, I, I had to dial it in. You know, I, I had to dial it in. And obviously it was my first travel. And as a fan, I wanted to play the idol. So even when I played it to Nico, I didn't go up and say, I'm playing this for me. I almost like hesitantly handed it then sat back and waited for him to ask me, um, I'm assuming you're playing it for yourself. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. Like sort of light and jokingly, you know, non-committal. So I wanted to downplay the idol, the idol, the, the playing of the idol. I wanted to downplay it as much as I could. I mean, I thought you had to play it then anyways. So, I mean, at least like, like you yeah. said, you got that moment of being able to play. And I know a lot of people look at it that way. Like you said, you want to make the big move and everything, but. I mean, at the very least, that gets you through that tribal. And we know Survivor, anything crazy can happen at any given moment. So I still thought it was a solid play, even though you didn't play it for Pinty. I don't think it would have changed anything, if I remember correctly anyway. So, I mean, well done to you, man. I want to talk about the fake idol, because that wasn't the only <laughs> idol that you had. You had you had the <laughs> fake idol. Um, how did that plan come to you? It was fun to watch because Shona did the same thing. So I was wondering, was there any like hint that you had that Shona did it too? Or how'd that come to you about the fake idol? No, not at all. Neither me nor Shona knew about each other's fake idol. Uh, I think she shared it with Tevin and the two of them knew about that fake idol. I've come to learn uh, since the game. Uh, But for me, you know, I had this little bag. I had this little note. uh, I knew I was going to travel uh, and I figured you know what, there's, there's a couple of ways to convince people of the uh, authenticity of an idol. One is to make it look really good like Shona did, or, or how you find it is also very crucial. So we know that when we come to tribal, we're carrying all of our belongings on us. Uh, and if you are carrying a real idol, even a fake idol, you're probably going to pull it out of your bag. So instead of doing that, I wanted to place it somewhere far away from tribal council that I could never, or from where we were seated. So it could never be misconstrued that I'd placed it there um, uh, sort of when I got there, in a sense that I would walk up, take two steps towards the east, as if I'd read instructions from a clue that I'd found, deliberately pick it up, visible to the entire tribe. And in that way, I'd have enough time to read the note on the way back, put the note back in, and then play or, you know, suggest to play this idol and, and try to alleviate some votes. Um, I didn't think I was going to need it uh, that soon. But, you know, in hindsight, even looking at how the votes played out with Kalani, 
they had that, that fail-safe vote. I think they had two on Kalani. So even if I did threaten the, the fake idol, they wouldn't have changed their votes because of the, the fail stop. Uh, where is it at Tribal? Because I know it looked like you hit it when you were walking to vote, it looked like. Yeah, so um, it's on the way back from voting, just down the pathway on the right. I noticed that there's a slight angle against about probably 80% of the castaways sitting there. And I was just watching the person on there. And I can't remember if it was full flex and they were distracted for a second. So I just leant down and, and popped it somewhere. So it would be if I played it and picked it up, you know, at least two or three people could see that it was genuinely picked up and not taken out of my bag and pretended to be picked up. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was a, an interesting take on, on a fake idol. Uh, and I'm so stoked that Shona had the same idea. It would have been so epic. I, if, I, for some reason, I, we both played, yeah. yeah I am really time. hoping that someone later this season finds either your idol or Shona's idol. I, I think it would be like comedy gold. Yeah, and for them to play it as well and to open up the bag. But they'd have to read the note and see that it's only valid for three, three ah. travels and that they'd have the disappointment <laughs> before playing it. But uh, yeah, no, it'll be brutal if someone does find it. Now, when you when you came out of the, the game, I know for us, we actually went back to, uh, and this is behind the scenes, we went back to what we call Ponderosa, which is back to the original facility for Australia. Do y'all go back to a holding facility or do you get a chance to go back home? I'm sorry for something. Oh, yeah. Pre yeah, pre-merge, uh, obviously, I, I got some in each straight away. Uh, I devoured that. <laughs> Always. So quick, man. Oh, what yeah, do you have? What do you have, man? You, you won't believe this. Chicken and rice. <laughs> <laughs> rice, man. Yeah. Rice. Um, but I think uh, it was probably a good idea. You don't want to shock the system with something too rich. But then I think the next morning, uh, they said, what do you want? And I felt a bit like Ron Swanson. I said, just everything you have. I <laughs> know. <laughs> literally everything so i got this huge burger chips like it was like three plates of food i smashed it uh, and then i think i left probably a day after that my flight was was uh back uh to kzm oh, okay y'all a little different from us we stay there for until merge and then when it oh, tries really? to merge oh. a group of us go back after that it's okay funny. yeah no we yeah it's funny you bring up food because uh if if I remember correctly, you guys took part in the reward challenge with the wheel, correct? Did you, were you? Yes. 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 And so you guys, what was the feeling when you spun it and got a bag of lentils <laughs> the first time? Cause that had to be no, like, we, no, we wanted that dude. Yeah. Oh, we, you did. We really, okay. Really wanted, yeah. If you look at the options, they were like boiled eggs, uh, like some beers and cool drinks. If I remember um we we got the two things that we really wanted lentils and the mac and cheese uh, there was a chocolate cake as well but uh, i think for all of us we, we were willing to put aside the you know the cravings for something sweet for something a bit more sustainable so we definitely hit the jackpot on those two drawers um and then i we asked tevin the same question going back to kind of this core alliance that you had did you feel because you and tevin throughout the entire game were looked at as like the top duo the top you know, guys on this tribe running the tribe. Did you see yourself in that power position? Because it is very difficult when you are in that power position to be like, okay, I'm running this tribe. You know, we see with Dante, like he's kind of telling people who to vote for. And I just didn't get that sense with you and Tevin. So I was a little confused why they saw you on such a pedestal, but did you see yourself as being, you know, the leader of the tribe in a way? 
No, not at all. We, we didn't see ourselves as, as leading the tribe in any way. We weren't calling uh, any shots or telling people how to vote. Uh, but I will say that the strength of our alliance and also the, you know, the, the threat value of the two of us, I mean, they all know how we play and how much we love the game, how much we know about it. So I think in the sense when they talk about us as leaders, they mean it more as targets or logical people to go for, irrespective of how much influence we had or were thinking we had. So um, this pre-merge trial was very interesting because there was like these nodal connections as opposed to tribal lines being drawn. Like if you look at Masu, they, they have, you know, egos at play. They have much stronger uh, existing, pre-existing relationships. And those lines were drawn very quickly. For us at Yontau, myself and Tev, I mean, we jumped on this shared trauma, tribe unity narrative that we had going because we could disappear into the background. And although we may have pushed it or sold it a little too hard, you know, when it, when it comes to things like, say, reading the tree mail and, you know, we're discussing what the challenge could possibly be for the day, you know, we both had some pretty good insight as to what it could be. We had a pretty good idea on where to build shelter, you know, like just those little like sort of things pop up. Uh, and the more and more people ask for, hey, what do you think about this? How should we do that? You start to realize, oh, no, they don't really care about your opinion. They just want you boxed in that position. And once you're there, man, you, you can't turn it down. You can't say, well, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to think. You've got to take on that leadership role in the most gentle sort of diplomatic way that you can. Um, and yeah, it was, it was an absolute challenge. I think, you know, Phil and, and Felix also had a very strong uh, leadership type qualities within the tribe. You'll see pre and, and post games or challenges that Felix gave us a little speech, a little rundown. And we're very happy to sit back and ask him, how should we bond more? How should we connect? So mm. there was a constant narrative of us painting each other in, into different pictures as opposed to us taking the initiative. We were very much defensive and going, look at this person, they're in the spotlight, uh, as opposed to this is just the organic hierarchy that we've settled into. Now, when you, when you look across at the other tribe and you realize everybody that's back to play was it somebody on the other tribe that you really wanted to play with? Oh, for sure. Uh, Tony, 100%, man. I mean, we, we became friends after the, after the game, and she's also a massive fan. I mean, her insights into strategies and, and, and movements and dynamics socially are, are, are very, very cool. Uh, Marion, I'm a huge Marion fan from season five. <laughs> very uh, she's, she's so sharp, man, and she's ruthless as well. Um, <laughs> what a she deadly so nice. what a deadly duo that would have been if we got shameless yeah. and marion hold on yeah <laughs> yeah i read some fans calling us sharian if we ever got together I thought that would be cool. but uh no man she she's a student of the game she's a master of uh, social and strategic uh, and she's also got a good heart on her i think you know she she carries herself well and she does the right thing um but again you know we we all fans we default to you know um, we, we all signed the same contract in the beginning and, and it's not out kind, it's not out love or out friend, you know, there's, there's a ruthlessness that the game demands. And I think as fans, you know, we like to indulge in it, um, mm. but only when it's necessary, you know, there's no need to be unkind in the game when it's, it's unnecessary. But if you do have the opportunity that that's going to benefit your game and your alliance and you have to do it. Yeah, you, you can dip into the dark side. You can say, eh, <laughs> a little bit. just a game. Just a game. Um, well, I, I, was, I was wanting to ask about, before you go home, before you went home here, you turned your attention to Dino. After Dino looked at you at that tribal and said, dude, I got you. Don't worry. So was Dino your original target 
you know, before that tribal where you went home or was there someone else that we just didn't see and the edit painted it to be Dino was the target the entire time? No, Dino uh, and I were very close. You know, we, we were bonding quite quickly uh, off, the, off the bat. Uh, but I think that uh, the perception was that Tevin and I were a bit closer. And I don't think Dino, Tevin and I could have formed a three. So I think there was already a barrier to us bonding just off that dynamic. Um, but the night before Tevin's or the night of Tevin's vote right before tribal, I take Dino aside because I'm starting to realize that this is not a straightforward vote. You know, people are counting fingers on their hands when, you know, what's discussed is supposed to be like this whitewash on Pinty. But, you know, when, when something's decided, there's aren't, there, there shouldn't be that many conversations happening. So I got this gut feeling and I knew Tevin was getting, uh, you know, by his own admission, quite erratic. He'd been promising, you know, final two to pretty much everyone right after he found an idol, which to me, I was like, come on, man, I, I know you wouldn't be doing this as such a good player. You should sit back, enjoy the power and enjoy the security. But I, I felt that he gambled with it and he gambled with our, our sort of alliance that we'd built. So I did grab Dino and I said, man, listen, if it's Tevin, tell me, because I want to be on the right side of the numbers. You know, Dino was actually my, as I was as close to Dino as I was to Tevin. I think the edit maybe painted a slightly different picture. Um, and it, it, it would have made sense for Dino to bring me in on that vote. You know, I wouldn't, I guess he, he was, you know, cautious of me spilling the beans and telling Tevin, but to what end? I mean, Tevin was closer now to the bottom with, with Flex and um, Phil and with Shona and them and Pinty that they were starting to form quite a strong bond. So to bring me in on that would have been, you know, a seamless move. You know, I wouldn't have, you know, turned against that and told Tevin because then I'd be way, way, way on the bottom on a losing end of a vote. Um but he did say to me, it's not you, trust me on that. And then that's when I got the inclination. I was like, oh, man, it's Tev. So, yeah, after that vote with Tev, uh, Dino did say to me, yeah, man, I got your back. But if you really had it, like you would have told me before and brought me in. So I had this, this conundrum or this, you know, I, I had to make a choice. You know, tribe swaps coming up. Who can I actually now trust? Because Dino, who was my second ride, had now turned on me. Um, or at least by excluding me on the vote, I felt that I'd turn, he'd turn on me, which obviously brought along with him uh, Phil and Flex and now Pinty as well in the mix. So how do I sustain a long-term game from this position? Mm. Well, I'm clearly on the bottom with three of us excluded from the vote. So I had to start with those people that were excluded. Uh, and for some reason, they just didn't see it as being on the bottom. I mean, Shona will tell you, Kalani will tell you, or you'll see even in, in the game, they say, we weren't on the bottom, but man, you were excluded from the votes. Like, you're on the bottom, dude. There's no way around <laughs> it. That, that being said, uh, we got to look back at the fluidity of the tribe and how people were, you know, mixing and bonding. So it was very possible to, to come out from the bottom very quickly. And... You know, in hindsight, I, I figured, okay, sure, I can go for, for Shona or for Kalani or I can see what happens, right? So if, if one of them go home, well, I'm coming up soon right after that. If Tevin's going, I'm going. If I'm not going, then Shona or Kalani's going. And it was all like, for me, I saw like maybe three or four days. That being said, when is the shuffle happening? When is the swap going to come through? So all of these things were like running through my head. And I sort of I think, yo, man, so I've got to motivate this somehow. I've got to get a move that people are going to be on board with. And the biggest threat at that time was Dino. Um, 
because he is a student of the game, because he's phenomenal at puzzles, really, it's, it's mind-blowing watching that guy work over a puzzle. He just put, puts things together like it's, it's unreal. <laughs> so, yeah. So I had, to, I had to have some sort of motivation. And given the, the insight we got from Tony and Tajin at that uh, shared meal that we had, the mac and cheese after the uh, that spin of the wheel, mm-hmm. I figured, yo, this is a shot in the dark, but I've got to come, come with two narratives. Dino's a, a problem and Dante's building up um, you know, a, a force on the other side. And, oh man, I watch it back. My execution, my motivation to that whole pitch was terrible. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, so we weren't, we weren't going to say it. We were going to back you, man. In the, in the, in the no, moment. Thanks, dude. No, man. I mean, I, I, I watch it. I feel like, dude, what are you doing as a fan? You, you'd be screaming at this idiot at the TV. Like, how the <laughs> hell are you going to pull this off? But, you know, you're under pressure there, dude. You, your paranoia is sinking in. You're excluded from a vote with someone you considered very, very close to you. So then you start second guessing everything. If if he's that if he's willing to spin that quick on me, maybe other players are willing to spin that quick uh, on him as well. So as long as I'm motivated in the right way, I can pull it off. I didn't really have time on my side. I didn't think it through. If I came through with a more uh, pro, uh, emotional approach instead of like a game bot, like no, 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 and I sort of warmed it up a bit more. Um, maybe I would have had a shot, but man, it was just a bad play, and I'm gonna have to live with that. You know, I think I, I had a pretty solid game right up until then. And I look back and I see my face and I hear the words I was saying on the TV. And I recognize that guy. And he, he self-sabotaged himself in, in other areas before that game. You know, it's, it, I, I felt like I was, I was shooting myself in the foot. Mm. And I wasn't willing to, to admit to myself that this was bad. I just felt, shit, if I'm going out, I'm going out on a swing. Uh, and if I pull this off, man, what a pitch I can have at final tribal council if I get that far. So, yeah, man, I acknowledge massive mistake. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you guys can vouch, man. When you when you haven't eaten that long, you haven't slept in that long, your your brain isn't working too well. I mean, I think uh, in 11 days, I lost just under 11 kilos. That's what so, Tevin, you know, Tevin said they were worried about you because he yeah, said you were starting to look like Skeletor. No, 100%, man. I'm gone <laughs> my face. It's terrible, man. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, not, not to, to sort of make excuses on that, but I did start to feel that I was losing my, my grip on um, what was logical, you know, what was the right move. You know, it, it was really desperate stuff. And despite all of that, man, I, I do feel that I gave it 100%, even though the, the last move was such a shocker. <laughs> I mean, you know, when, you, when you're playing the game and you're in that moment, people don't realize everything that's around you because you're, you're out there, you're in the elements, and you only get 45 minutes for a show. But you still exactly. have 24, you still have 23 more hours where you're out there and you're either not doing anything, you're not eating. Um, mm-hmm. But now, got to ask you, how did you enjoy the challenges? Yo, um, in the beginning, when you have energy and motivation, they're a lot of fun. I mean, you're playing Survivor, you're in the Survivor challenge. You know, there's Nico shouting at you and motivating you, and this is happening and that's happening. It's all real. But by the time you, you know, towards the last few challenges, when you're so broken, you know, even just walking out of camp, carrying your stuff up and down the dunes, I mean, it's a, it's a big ask a lot of the time. Um, and for me, I knew that I'd be put up against some of the biggest, stronger players on that tribe for the one-on-ones. And uh, I had to perform. So I felt a lot of pressure on it. Um, and yeah, man, it was tough. It was really, really tough, mm. those challenges. I didn't think that I'd be that broken uh, by the time I got to those challenges. But just going back to what you were saying about, you know, the, the 23 hours you have, 
you know, the, the connections I had with Shona weren't that like face value as it, as it comes across. We actually had a really good connection. Mm. Um, same with Pinty. Me and her were, were really close at times. We shared, you know, a lot of intimate stories about each other and we really bonded. Teresa as well. So it wasn't like I was coming up to strangers with a crazy idea. I was coming up to friends with a terrible idea. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, they, yeah, they, they let us know as soon as Teresa walked away, she was like, it, who does he think we are and stuff like that so yeah, i mean it was it was funny to watch but sad at the same time because we were like oh man seamus it's not looking great for you i wish no, we had so that. much more time but i i love ending the episodes with you know an uplifting kind of question and stuff and casual fans don't usually get this you can leave the game of survivor with so much more than just money you can leave with the the memories you make the the friendships you create so you've played this game twice now what are you taking away from your survivor experience sure man i I put it this way often i would play that game without the money and without the cameras uh and because you get so much value and insight into yourself uh, as well as, you know, the general human condition. You're stripped of everything. You're stripped of opportunity uh, from, you know, it's not necessarily opportunity, but you're stripped of your cell phone, your clothes, your food, your comforts and everything. You're just a raw version of yourself with other raw versions of other people. And there's, um, there's a moment, you know, in every day where you, you, you can share and experience these, these incredibly rare moments. And, and only in this game does that happen. So for me, uh, yeah, man, the friendships for sure. The friendships and the, and the insights into who you are as a person, I think, are probably the the most valuable things you can get from the game, with or without money. We have to we have to go speak to your uh, fellow tribe member Shona now. But I do want to. The last thing I want to say here is uh, Tanya reached out to us and wanted me to say she loves the work, loves you, and loves the work you're doing as well with animals. We had that talk the other day talking about how much we love animals, and I think I found out correctly. She's like, Seamus said he would take the money and donate it to like an animal shelter or something like that. Um, so yeah, real quick, yeah. what, what do animals mean to you? How close are you to animals and stuff? I mean, animals are everything, man, especially dogs. I mean, it's unbelievable how they can dedicate their lives just to, to looking out for you. Uh, and it's, mm. it's all they need is food and a bit of love, you know, and they give so much more in return. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's what love should be. You know, humans, humans don't deserve dogs. Hundred <laughs> percent, man. 100%. <laughs> Abraham, you got anything else before I ask our, our famous last question? You know what it is, but do you have I anything know, else, hey, man? Seamus, congratulations, man. Uh, great watching you. Um, I understand that feeling you got. I understand what happens in those other 23 hours. Uh, glad you got an opportunity to play again. Uh, hoping, hey, look, hopefully one day I get to play with South Africa, come over and see how y'all play the game. But uh, congratulations, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And thank you for your time, guys. Thank you. Would you, would you play again? That's the last thing I got for you. If, if they ask you. <laughs> see, I knew the answer. You said you do it without the money and the cameras. So Yeah, um, I would. I mean, actually, I'd prefer it. Take away the money and the cameras. Let's go, bro. Let's just let's go, go out there. Well, Seamus, thank you so much yeah. for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. And you have an open invitation. If you ever want to come on and chat Survivor, just let us know. I'd be down, man. I'll let you know for sure. Thanks. All right. Have a great night. Cheers, guys. Right.